hey man, we appreciate you uh coming <laughs> on it and, and chopping it up with us for a little bit. You know, we had to get you on. You've been for me, for me, I can always say you have always been a thousand percent with me when it comes to just giving advice being uh being kind of a, a alum that was always in our corner trying to help us out you know so i i, I was looking forward to getting you on just to get your perspective right. on on uh georgetown as a whole because you've always been very involved and in trying to be involved and stay involved with the program and and just what you see in the future and, and what you got going on because i've been paying attention to you from afar and just to see the father that you become over the years and what you've been doing with your family is, is probably what I admire the most, you know, with right. being the fact that I have kids and, and seeing what you do. So I commend you on that. And it's a pleasure for me to be sitting here, you know, and it says now we both are graduates, we were far removed from the pro, you know, from, from playing at Georgetown and we could talk on a whole different level and get a whole different type of cipher. Right. So, you know, it, it, right. it, it's, right. this is, is important to me because, you know, um, your development and our development in a way is going to be synonymous, you know, because we, Absolutely. we all are in this together. So appreciate you jumping on, right. man. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. I, I love what y'all doing. I told Gene that not that long ago, man, like the platforms that y'all created has been great because we get a chance to hear from players we hadn't seen in a while. We didn't really know. Um, and then like, you know, I, I talked to you guys pretty much either social media or at some point, when y'all were playing and post careers and like y'all always been like two of my favorite players. Uh, and you know, I, I told you this Chris a long time ago and free. Cause I the thing when I, what I always admired about free is I was always looking to see how many threes he would have in the game <laughs> and see if he was going to ever hit that seven mark. I used to text him after the game be like, you was close. You was close. I think it was the Louisville game. I hit this DM. I was like, I think he has five or six. Uh, uh, I was six. like, almost big dog, almost big dog. <laughs> yeah. But I actually so, did. I ended up getting seven, though. So I know you did. I know you did. But that, I remember <laughs> yeah. that game was the first time I was like, hey, he might beat it. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then he wound up getting it, though. But uh, <clears throat> nah, man, I, I love y'all boys, man. Appreciate what y'all doing. Uh, great individuals and, and whatever I can do to help um, or support, obviously, I would do it. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate so, that, man. But, um, I mean, in terms of in terms of Georgetown, in, in terms of the program and, and how I feel about it, I mean, I you know, Georgetown was always a school that I always was one of the schools I always wanted to go to. So when I got recruited um, with the lineage that we had from Louisiana, I, I really I, I I took the opportunity to get away to learn, wanted to to be a part of a, a program that I considered at the time a big time uh, program. So. Obviously, I think when y'all interview anybody or, or you listen to anybody that, that talk about the visit is always Big John, right? You get in the room with Big John and it's it's kind of hard to walk away from, you know what I'm saying? And and not and that 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 talk have not have some kind of impact on you. So that was huge for me. Um it was either there or stay and go to LSU. And then Texas kind of got in the mix at the end. But like once I left, man, my parents was like, I think this is the spot, you know, um, yeah. for the simple fact. It was the academic side and then it was the tradition side. So, um, you know, I got pictures when I was 13 years old with the Georgetown starter jacket. So it, it was it was kind of a dream come true at the time. You know what I'm saying? So explain to me um, something. I, I always wanted to, I was always interested, especially me and Free are from the same community. So, I mean, growing up, 
we knew with the impact of University of Maryland, we knew the impact of Georgetown and all that stuff. But you being from the South, explain what Georgetown meant in that community and how that, I mean, you saying you had the Georgetown starter jacket at 13. I had that shit too, but I didn't know y'all had it down there. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, obviously- yeah, I yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was three. Right. It was, it was three. It was, either, it was either Saints, Raiders, or Georgetown. Okay. That was the starter jackets for us down here, bro. And, um, you know, like at the time, like when I really started getting into hoops was kind of like the AI era. I mean, obviously I, I've watched it before. But when I started coming into my own, like this eighth grader, ninth grader, that was Allen and them. So that was like, they were still great at the time. You know, they had a presence about themselves and starter jackets was popping. So I remember my mom got me one for, for Christmas and um, I just rocked it. You know, it was a sense of pride. It was kind of like that, you know, some, like everybody said, but really we thought it was, I didn't know it was a white school at the time. I just thought yeah. it was some brothers, you know, like yeah. thought it was kind of a lot of HBCU, but I thought it was predominantly black. Um, but it was like that. And then we have, man, like, you know, this the history of Louisiana to Georgetown, like from Perry to Jaron to Joey to, Man, I knew about all those players even before I started getting recruited. So um, I knew, you know, I, I remember when I was in ninth grade, all of the teachers, um, like there's a picture of Big John walking through our hallway. Like, because he, we had, a, I don't know if y'all know this, but they had a backup point guard um, behind Eric, uh, I mean, uh, behind Victor Page and uh, an AI named Eric Miles. He went to my high school. Oh. Big John came came here to recruit a kid and saw him play, and he started recruiting his kid named Eric Miles from my high school who played. Uh, he played at Georgetown for a year, so that was still like a big deal. Because um, I remember when I when I got to high school and started learning about my history in my high school and all of the players that got recruited, Eric Miles came up and Georgetown would come up, and they just kept talking about Big John walking through the halls. That was like a big time moment. Um, so it, it's the lineage, man, in the history of Georgetown is almost, it's, it's crazy, but you wouldn't think it was an East Coast school. You would have thought it was like right up the street because a lot of, that's a lot, it has so many fans down here that love the program. You know, you that's, know? So you know, that's, that's it really wasn't, it, Go ahead, go ahead. It wasn't far-fetched for a lot of Georgetown fans to be from Louisiana. And that's, and that's what's crazy about it, man. Like the impact of Georgetown and the, this, just, just the impact of John Thompson and what he meant to our communities, to the black communities, and just what he meant in totality to America, to all the different communities in America. It just, you don't see it. You We didn't recognize that. We recognize it because we at home. So we know, yeah, all right, you go to McDonald's, right. you're going to see Big John over there, you know, it, salute, you feel me? Right. Like, <laughs> that's what it right. was. You didn't recognize that. Like, okay, Louisiana. Yeah, we know a couple guys came from Louisiana. We did know that. But we didn't right. know that the impact was truly, truly deep rooted, you know? Um, so what Huge, was it, bro. yeah, what was, what was it like growing up playing in, in Louisiana? What's it, what's the basketball scene like down there? We talked to Greg about this a little bit, I, you know, and, and, but he's, you yeah, know, he's um, younger than you. Yeah, he a little bit younger, but I mean, obviously, you know, we got football. Like I, I grew right. up with like seven NFL cats, my best right. friend, you know, remember we went out with BJ yeah, but it, it's always football, 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 football. But we've always had like a consistent All-American, like one or two guys. You know, I played with Chris Duhon. Um, Brandon Bass came right after me. DJ Augustine came right after. Um, 
And we had some cats like in the early '90s that was really good. Carrie Kittles. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. It, it's like I said, it's not as good as it's, obviously it's not as good as where you guys are from, but we have just crazy athletes. Um, yeah. We have cats that uh, we don't have the numbers that you guys have, but we always have some guys that you hear about on a national level. Um, like my AAU team was the number one AAU team in the country in 2000. We had Chris Duhon, myself, Mo Williams. Mo came from Mississippi, but right down the street. Um, Brandon Mouton went to Texas. Uh, Kendall Dortez, Louisville, um, Donald Perry, Indiana. We had like 12 cats, all got D1 scholarships. So we, and I think like eight of us were total, I think maybe nine, all were like in the top 100. So we, we've always had a consistent level of basketball talent. Um, it's just not, it's not consistent. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, but but I, I would say football is, is, is number one. I mean, any high school in Louisiana, you can find an All-American in football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all eat, sleep, and 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 drink football down there, man. Which is understood. It's kind of like the opposite for us back home. Like Austin School is like, I mean, that's a greeting brown for NBA players. That's a greeting brown absolutely. for D one basketball players. I remember we played them in high school. I think they probably had maybe nine or ten D one basketball players on their team. You know what I'm saying, and we had two. When he was when he when free was at the map. Yeah. Yeah, my sophomore year we had ten on one team. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy on a on a high school basketball team. Like, yo, how did how didn't you go there? Like, they ain't trying to recruit you. I wasn't going. I wasn't going to no all boys school, dog. I couldn't do it. (laughs) This is plain and simple. Come on, man. I wasn't about that. Yeah, I got recruited by I got I got recruited I got recruited by Dematha. One, but no, I'm gonna keep it real. One, Dematha had a guard that was a he, uh, year ahead of me, Nigel Munson. That was big time. That was the truth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So one, he was there, t- and then two, I wasn't into the. Uh, first of all, I wasn't really trying to wear school uniforms at first. That was one of those things. Wait, and y'all then, y'all didn't y'all didn't wear school uniforms? We did. That was a that was a that was one of the hurdles I had to get over. And then it was gotcha. going to be no girls in the school. I just I, I just <laughs> free. I what's wrong with it, free? I'm being I, honest, I, man. I mean, he's being he's being honest, but you know, don't even really. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to that. Anymore. You get to the women after school, man. Exactly, nah, man. You gotta exactly. have you gotta have some <laughs> soft standing next to you in class. Something to take. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't just be looking at this brother with the beard and all okay. that all day. I'm I with just, you, Chris. I'm with you, my brother. Hey, Jesuit, Jesuit New Orleans tried to get me to come, and I was like. I can't do the all boys thing. I, I feel, I feel. Yeah, so you know, I went down to, to DC. Went to it's a, it's a military school, but we got everything. It was everything that you could possibly want at the right. school, you know. So right, right, right. That's right, how I ended up right. St. John's, and I wanted to compete against them. You know what I'm saying? They was wait. Did y'all win? We never won. How many did you have though? I had about 40, 45. Whoa. Come on, free? Yeah, thirty. These high uh, nah. That's still a lot. That's still a lot. Wait, did you go at them? Couple times, not all you, game, but we. How many did you have? Yeah. Huh? How many did you have? Y'all well, see I, here. I had seven other Division One players on our team, oh, so, so was I scattered. wasn't shooting the ball as much as him. But I had about you. twenty every now and then. Gotcha, I was getting gotcha. 30, 35. Yeah, he was they trying 30, to. He was in thirties, but I was. So, 
Chris had the, he had the Chris had the neon green, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only really touched the ball, uh, you know, when you know they needed me to touch the ball. That explains it. That explains it. That's why he still. That's why you always talk about the Princeton because you so used to shooting that thing every time you got ready in high school. Listen, I shot the ball eighteen times a game in in high school. We can go look at the numbers. I shot the ball eighteen times a game. I shot the ball in the Princeton 12 times. Yes, I wanted more. But you know what? And that was his high. That 18, was his eight, they got cats in high school putting up 20 plus. Easy, that's what bro. I'm that's saying. Like, that ain't a lot. not a lot. I was getting yeah, buckets. Yeah, yeah. I was just getting buckets. You, you was efficient. You was efficiently scoring. And I was getting to the line. I was getting to the free throw line a lot. You know what I'm saying? So that gotcha. that, that plays a role. You know, but I mean, let, let's talk about your time at Georgetown, man. I, I You got recruited. By Eshrick, right? Right. Yeah. You got recruited by two Eshrick. years with Eshrick, two years with JT three. Okay, you got two. Years. You but you did five though, right? You had your first year. You were yeah. So my so my first year, I didn't. I had knee surgery, didn't play. So I was just sitting watching practice. Um, but yeah, my first two years playing was with Eshrick. My last two was with JT three. How did you like playing for Eshrick? I mean, I I didn't have a problem with him. Uh, I mean, I you know. The difference between Eshrick and JT3 for me was I always could shoot the ball. I mean, right. but, you know, we had Big Mike, so Eshrick yeah. wasn't playing that bullshit. Yeah. Eshrick was like, you shoot that motherfucker after Mike don't want to shoot it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for me, the Princeton was more conducive to my skill set because I can pick and choose when I can get my own shot because I honestly – the, what I loved about Jeff so much was he would come my way a lot. You know right. what I'm saying? So um, it, it was more conducive to my skill set. And I and I still shot well in, in uh, my first two years under Eshrick. But the difference is my first year playing, we had Big Mike. And it was like, if you you guys know how good Mike was. It was Mike, like you get his ass the ball. Yeah. People don't, I don't think people understand yeah, he's how, how really good Mike was. Yeah. This I, I it was ridiculous. I mean, he was a, a walking and one. So I understood why we had to get him the ball. Problem is, it we all you know we had to sacrifice our games a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. And my my first year playing, we had a nice team. We went to the NIT, but we should have been a tournament team. Easy. It was Drew, Tony, myself, uh, Mike, Victor, Samnick, Big West, uh, Brandon, Ashanti. We was loaded. We should have been a tournament team. We just we fell off at the end, missed a couple games, and then Mike left. So we, we had a down year. And then when Mike left the next year, um, it was like we, we didn't have no backup center. Cortland, who was our backup at the time, had to start and play a lot of minutes. So my sophomore year was a, was a bad year. Um, and we, we, we could have had – we had a decent team then. And I forgot about G. Riley. G. Riley was on that team too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the shit – it changed that net my junior year. When when Jeff and Roy came, obviously Jeff, Roy, John, um, but you know I, we always had a good team. It wasn't like we couldn't have won. We just had first two years were just down years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, no, I, one thing I can always say about about uh, about you is that JT three. Whenever he talked about Coach JT three, he ever he talked about DJ Owens, he used to get excited talking about DJ Owens, bro. Like. For real, like he was like, yeah. yo, DJ's one of my favorite players I ever coached. Like he he'd tell us straight up. He was like, man, y'all don't understand, DJ. I don't know how many people, 
free. You think you can shoot like DJ? Like that's how that was a kind of like that was a kind of uh talk that he would give to us. You know what I'm saying? He he had a high respect for the way that you read the game, the way you saw the game, the way you approached the game, the way you just handed yourself out there. You know, I think that was something that, you know, I don't know. He always like, yeah, DJ, like he 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 credited you and and your year, two years with him with a lot of the resurgence of George. Right. Of, of, of yeah, like it, it was his offense was his offense because my skill set wasn't like y'all. Like Chris, you could do a little bit of everything. You can shoot, you can get to the cup, you can, you know, you can create your own shot. I did that in high school and college. Me coming off screens was more my thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like free you too. You could do a little bit of everything. I like I could do it, but honestly, I used to allow like like we would allow. That was Brandon's deal. My thing is we need some shooters. We need some efficient shooters. So I just worked on my shot. And like I ain't gonna lie, like my last two years, like JT three would be like, if you touch the ball, let that thing rip. Like man, he gave me so much confidence. Like. Even even my teammates was like, if you miss, we were surprised. Like they'd be surprised because I felt like every shot was going in. You know what I'm saying? Um, so he like I, I feel like if I'd have had JT 3s system, honestly, four years, I would have been. I mean, I, I think I I could have done a lot greater things than I did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it was just it just it just all came together at the end, and you know the way my game was set up, it was perfect for me. I wasn't trying to you know, get a lot of turnovers by creating my own shot. But I just felt like my game just, it transitioned a little better in the Princeton than it did under Estrick, so. But I can see the frustration in some of y'all because I can tell y'all was so good at the all around type of game, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean- And that's it, not conducive to the Princeton. Well, the thing about it is like, as because of guys like yourself, because of guys like John Wallace, Jeff, Roy Hibbert, and then they start getting Dewan, Jesse Sapp, Mark Eggerson, then you start getting Vernon Macklin, you start getting Dewan Summers. The next step is, well, you get Vernon Macklin, you get McDonald's All-Americans after that. Right, right. The, 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 yeah, I was looking at y'all classes. I was like, yo, the talent crazy. coming in like crazy. Yeah, I mean, right. we, it was like a train after a while. We started getting the, the what you want. You know, with these top schools right. again, with Kentucky's again continuously, with Dukes again continuously, they we started getting that talent. And the way we were coached, I mean, it's, this is revisionist history, but the way we were coached was still the same mentality as guys that not not saying they weren't as good, but it had a different skill set. You know what I'm saying? Different so y'all yeah, y'all were more creators. We were more, were more creators than we were. We were more creators. Absolutely, we and I and I noticed that. I noticed that um, it, it, it kind of like you guys were kind of, you know, you were, you were pigeonholed. You were like, you were shackled up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it could have been tweaked a little better than it was. But um, I mean, I, I still thought we had some great teams. Like y'all still had some good teams. No, but we had some excellent We had some excellent teams. It's right. just the fact that when it came down to winning, when it came down to winning big, we weren't, we weren't secure enough in our, in, in how to figure out how to do our stuff but still maintain right. a college type of atmosphere, if that makes sense. Right, right. You know, so yeah, absolutely. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So we struggle in that aspect. So when it came down to it, everybody, we 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 never really could figure it out. All right, let me see if I could do this, if I do this, you know, how this can work. Because we had guys, I mean, Austin, 
you got sometimes you gotta give him the ball and get out get down the way. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta give right. me some, some pick and rolls and let me do what I gotta do. Sometimes right. you gotta let this and, dude run and catch a lot. Dewan Summers and dunk on some bammers. Like that's just gotta happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. And then when that doesn't and the happen, bigs got the ball. The yeah. guards don't even have the balls in the offense. We the standing in the corner. It. Yeah, we stand in the corner and stand on the wing. So right. I mean, you know, and the thing for us, I think the worst thing that possibly happened. And I've said this in the past, me and Free have talked about this, is that they went to the Final Four the year before we got there. You know what I'm saying? So that gave validation to the style of play, even though there's a different type of a crop of player coming in. That gave validation to what was happening. Like, okay, Robert. Right. Absolutely. And then the year before, we, we should have probably, my senior year, should have been a Final Four team too. You know I agree. Saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Right. So it, so it, it, it was a train of a style of playing, and they were winning, you know? Then then our freshman year, Roy Hibbert comes back. You know what I'm saying? So when Roy comes back, big dog got to get the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? The same thing y'all saying, I, I, I noticed it was the same thing with Jesse. Jesse yeah. was more of a creator. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I noticed, you know, if you know basketball, you know it, it just – I, I noticed how you guys, it, it would be frustrating, you know, for a lot of you guys at the time. Yeah. But like you said, we were winning. So everybody was looking at it. It ain't the it ain't the Princeton, it's the players. Right. They got to get on board. But, you right. know, like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. you know, revisionist history. But um, I still was fans of y'all, man, because I knew y'all could play. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you like, was I still always... get hyped seeing your dunk. Yeah, I mean, you was always. The dunk you had in the garden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You was always a hundred percent, hundred percent behind us. Look, so I remember look <laughs> these dudes, and we talked about this. I think uh we might have been in a group chat or something. So we beat Duke, right? And y'all beat Duke. Your team beat Duke. You hit some big shots against Duke. Yeah. So we beat Duke. And right. um DJ hit me up like, yo, meet us down at this restaurant. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, bet, I'm coming down, BJ with you and all that. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and Morton's. Huh? Yeah, Morris. We had Morris Steak. Yep. We had Morris Steakhouse. Yeah, we had Morris Steak. I ain't never ate like that in my life at that time, at that time period. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about, right. I'm, I'm sitting with DJ, I'm sitting with BJ, and I'm crushing. I'm like, God damn, this is this, this how we moving? And um, I remember texting all them like, yo, where y'all at? Man, it was just me. None of them was, uh, <laughs> they was still on <laughs> campus and all that stuff, and they was like, Yo, what happened? Where you know? I was like, I told y'all to come with me, but right. nobody came with me. But I just remember how excited you were during the game and after the Absolutely. game that we got after them boys. Like I remember that vividly. Like yo, DJ was on the side, like yeah, kill them dudes. You know what I'm saying? The atmosphere in there was just crazy. Brandon Jacobs was running around acting like he was a Hoya too because that's your man. Yo, that was that that was an experience I'd never forget, man. You know what I'm saying? That was and now that I think about it, Chris, that that night might have been a little illegal taking y'all out to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's all good. It's too late now. They letting a lot of shit ride. We out of there. (laughs) We We, we probably spent like on, on food and man, we probably spent about eight hundred dollars, man. Gee, just to eat. Easy, easy, easy. You know what I'm saying? And then we went out that night. We went we, out that night too. Free, you can't. Yeah, free came out. Everybody came out to the to the that night. It was just they want everybody went at right, once. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Yes, yeah, right. so, you know. Now so. that was a, that was a, I ain't gonna lie. 
I thought our game, we shot like something crazy, like 70% from the floor. Uh, we just ain't miss. Uh, y'all was just, y'all just was better than them. Yeah. And I said that before the game. So I was like, they gonna win. And like, to be there in person, I kind of got a sense of what it felt like for people to watch us beat them, you know, a couple years before. So I was just hyped, bro. I was like, I told BJ, I was like, they gonna win. They got talent. And then y'all beat them. Y'all crushed them. Then y'all beat them by like, we almost 18 or 16? Almost 20. Yeah, we've been yeah, about- almost 20. And you know what's crazy? That team went on to win the national championship. I know, bro. <laughs> both, both teams that was in the national championship that year. Both teams that was in the Both teams that was in the national championship. Yeah, go ahead. Both teams that was in the national championship game was Duke and Butler. We beat Butler in the garden by like 18. <laughs> And then we beat George, we beat Duke at home by, I don't know, 16 or whatever we, but we dismantled yeah. them at home. And they playing in the national title game. We watching the national title like, oh my God, we smoked oh, both of these squads. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the same thing with us. Like, we was up by eight at what, 18 in the first half against Duke at home. They wound up coming back. Obviously, the coach can't get a tech. They get all the calls in the second half. But it was never, the game was never in doubt. We never felt like they could beat us. No. And then, I don't know if y'all remember my senior, the shot I missed against Florida. Yeah. We were the only team to lead against Florida in the second half. We were up with a minute to go. Yeah. And Corey Brewer, and I was tied up with Corey Brewer. He throws up some crazy shit and got an and one. But how you think I felt watching that game, watching yeah. them win the national championship? I was like, <laughs> we better than them. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, right. And they just crushing people by 20. And I'm like, shit, I just missed a shot to beat these cats. Right. Right. You know what's crazy. I was at my cousin's house when he took that shot, man. Bro. It looked good. It looked good. I was Chris, like, to answer your question about JT3, this is why I, I ride with it. I ride with him. We down, we were down two. And we was in a timeout. And you can ask anybody. JT3 drew up a freaking drift screen for me to shoot a three. Not to tie the game. He said, you gonna hit this three or we going home? So that's I, that's why I always arrive with him, and then and then Corey Brewer fell down, mm. and I and I rushed the shot. It was it was perfectly executed. If you notice, if you go watch the play. Uh, he felt like we called another timeout, and then we drew up the play, and I got it and look, and he slipped, and I, I looked down and I took my eye off the rim. I still thought it was good, but but for him to have that kind of confidence to not, to, I, I would have been like, I would have easily went to Jeff or or Brandon in that situation. He was yeah. like, no, you're shooting the three. Are we going home? And I was like, damn, that's a lot of confidence in the cat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because nah, I had I had just hit one like a minute before that. Right. So I was like, damn, I gotta knock this bitch down. Yeah. So I mean, I, you know, I mean, and coach still was riding with that because even years after, you know, he you can tell that. You was his man, dog. Like you was hundred percent his man. You know what I'm saying? I remember. You know it's crazy. I was at the Duke game that y'all played. I was, I was at the Duke game at that time. I was committed to North Carolina State. You know what I'm saying? Right, I right. yeah, State. Yeah. And I was sitting up, and I wasn't sitting in the first bowl. I was sitting in the second bowl. I, I couldn't get no tickets at that time, so I'm sitting in the second bowl. And I remember. Uh, JJ Reddick was going berserk. Oh my goodness. He was going. <laughs> he was going. Bro, I was so tired running behind that dude, bro. He had 22 at the half, and we went to halftime. But it was like, 
It really wasn't like he was cooking this. It was transition. Yes, transition. You know, he yes. went for three in the transition. Yes, yeah. So I'm stopping the ball, and they like, bing, 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 bing. Cash. And like, bro, he he was cashing them joints. I was like, and, and you know it's coming, right? Yeah. You, you, it's nothing you can do in transition, bro. It's nothing you can do. No. Nah. And you know what's crazy? Man, he, he had 40. Yeah, he had 40. But y'all were in control of the game the entire game. He was just right. trying to keep them because in the game. He was trying to keep him in the game. He was, he was, he was going berserk, and Jeff literally didn't give Sheldon nothing. Sheldon had four points. Yeah, that was the that was the game. We that's why we was killing him because Jeff shut him down. Yeah, and we was like, okay, not really let JJ do his thing. He gonna do his thing anyway because he shoots so many shots. But bro, that Joker was just bro. I, we were that was the only game I felt like I needed oxygen after the game, bro. <laughs> I was that tired. Bro. That shit, that Joker don't stop running. And he's not athletic. Nah. He ain't fast. He's just methodical and strategic. He know where he's going. He knows how to catch it and get rid of it. But it was like the slowest pump fakes, and you just bite for them shits because you don't want to get cash. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's going around you. Hey. And I was like, me and BJ, me and Brandon, were sw- we were switching out. That shit just wasn't working, bro. Bro. And he had no mm-hmm. socks on the whole time. He had no socks out there with right. the cut-off T-shirt. <laughs> yes, yes. He's that was before the real cut-offs. We used to cut our own shit off. <laughs> he had the real joints. Yes, so, yes. Let me, let me yes. ask you this, man. Let me ask you this. In your, your experience um, going through Georgetown, what was the toughest opponent for you in the Big East? What was your toughest opponent and why? <sighs> The, the toughest opponent in terms of just thinking we have no shot yeah, or like just the best team we faced. Toughest opponent in terms of it gotta be one of them. You, you ain't gonna win a day. One of them UConn teams early on, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I remember, man, like the year Mike left and I, I never thought we could not, I never thought it was a game we could, we, we went into that we just had no shot except for the Mecca Okafor, Ben Gordon, uh, bro, they had like five NBA dudes coming off the bench, bro. Yeah, I and we had no Mike, so Mike had left. I mean, we went up to stores my sophomore year, and um, a Mecca Okafor was warming up by himself, and uh, yeah, me and Brandon came out the locker room, and I was just looking at this big motherfucker warming up, and I was, I said, B. I said we gonna have a long night, <laughs> and then I said, and then Hilton Armstrong came out the joint. Oh yeah, and he didn't even play. He was like six eleven, like two eighty, bro. <laughs> and then uh, and I was like, like Ben Gordon was sitting on the bench. He didn't even warm up. I told B, I said, no, we, it's no way we gonna win this shit tonight, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yo, that was bro, that was they had that was crazy. And then the next year they bring uh, Josh Boone, Rudy Gay, Charlie Villanueva. Bro, it was just, those two years was like, I ain't gonna get no win today. Wait, 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 wait. UConn brought in Charlie Villanueva, Rudy Gay, and Josh Boone the same year? Bro, when Emeka and Ben Gordon left, they had they had Emeka, um, Ben Gordon, the Anderson kid. Armstrong. 
They had uh, Brown, a shooter. Yeah, Brown. They had Anderson. Yeah. Denim Brown. They had Anderson. That was another shooter coming off the bench. Yeah. And they had they had somebody else, another big. uh, And then they had uh, I forgot the guard, the the starting point guard. Um, Tariq. He was uh, to. uh, to live, uh, was it? Yeah, yeah, him, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, and then they left, and then they brought in Rudy, Charlie, Billing away with and boom. <laughs> I was like, this shit ain't gonna never let. <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean, we got Roy and Jeff, and uh, because I remember Rudy and Jeff shared the Big East co rookie of the year. Right, right. I, I felt like we had a shot, but Jeff and Roy was just too young. They, they were too young. Right. Um, but that, that year before, bro, I don't know if y'all had any situation like that when you played. Probably not, because y'all was loaded, too. When when we, my sophomore year, there was no way. They was up 20. Bro, this is how I knew we was going to get our ass whooped. Uh, Jim Calhoun, they went down and missed a shot. He caught, and uh, the next day of ball, he caught a timeout, like the second, third play of the game, and started crushing them. Like, we could hear the shit from our huddle. And I was like, he probably fussing at them, letting them know, y'all should be, y'all should have scored on these sorry motherfuckers already. Right. Like yeah. they missed one shot, he called a timeout. I was like, oh, it's about to get ill. Man, they came out of timeout. That boy Ben Gordon went crazy. Yo, Ben Gordon was ridiculous in college, bro. So nice, man. Yo, so nice. yo, he, yeah, I, he think, was. I don't think people under, understand how tough he was in college, like. I he used to wear that big old T-shirt, so you couldn't see how big he was. Big G. Like Chris, you was put together. Yeah, you was put together, but he was. If you ever see him without his shirt on, he was a big dude, bro. Yeah, like he'll dunk on you. He'll hit six threes. Right. And then they had they had the horse down low at Mecca. I mean, who's a number two pick? Yeah, bro. That was illegal, bro. That was illegal. Free, you had you. I'm trying to think. Free, you is there any teams or any players that you kind of were like, damn, we run up again, we got our hands full in this game. Any type of teams that you think? I want to say my our sophomore year when we played Pitt. Pitt at Pitt or at home? Oh, at Georgetown. No, nah, Pitt was that was probably the toughest place to play in my opinion in the Big East. But the UConn teams were better. It just. The fans weren't as crazy. The zoo, that shit was, and we beat them. Uh, Jeff and Roy, freshman year, we beat them at Pitt, but yo, that was the toughest place to play. Who did they have? Did they have Krauser? No, Krauser was with me. No, the Juan Blair. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was 6'5, though. He was killing. He was about 6'5. I six, think it might have been maybe 30. the second The second possession of the game, man. I don't know. I think he got a steal, and then like he went and laid it up, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is probably gonna be a long day." <laughs> but they they beat y'all bad though, huh? Man, they ended up winning by like seventeen. We tried to score like maybe two minutes at halftime, like two minutes uh, after halftime, and then they was they they was up 16, 17 the rest of the way. Because you know, once you went to Princeton, then it's hard to get back. It's hard to get back into games, man, because you yeah. Money off. See, for me, bro, it was like Connecticut and, and Pittsburgh. The vibe was just off when you got off the plane. It was dark, wet, cold, yeah, snowy. Yeah, it's just you just felt like it wasn't really conducive to your ass winning. You yeah. know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> like Syracuse, you kind of got up for it walking into the carry door. I was like, we can get up for this. It's a big environment. Right. I just felt like Pitt and uh and Connecticut, it was just it was it was almost like we was walking into our own funerals. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was just you know, dark I, and gloomy. For me, who I felt like that was for was um was Louisville, man. See, I didn't have Louisville. Louisville came when y'all came to college. Listen, they had Terrence Williams. They had uh, Pat, yes. Derek Character, Eric Egas Sosa. I mean, Jerry Smith. I'm trying to think who else. I, 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 y'all, y'all beat them though, right? We would beat them, but it was like, I don't know how we win in this game. That's how I've always felt. Like, they pressing you for it. Mr. Make, they pressing you. They pressing you full court and like this weird right, right, right. and all this stuff. Man, that team, I hated playing against Louisville. Even though we, majority of the time we beat them, but it was always one of the worst. I hated playing Louisville, dog. Like all the time. Them, them, them yeah. boys. Another one too is, uh, yeah, we, another one was uh, I hated going to was West Virginia too. I hated Oh, Virginia. I hated West Virginia. I hated West Virginia. Yeah, they shoot that yeah, damn, West- they shoot that damn cannon. We had uh we had a cat. I used to tell Jeff, Jeff, you cannot allow this motherfucker to shoot, bro. It's like a 610 shooter, piss noggle. Piss noggle. Y'all remember piss noggle? Piss noggle. Man, he would they, he'd always set this little screen and pop, and Jeff or somebody, we both go to the guard and he'll just fade to the corner, hit a three every time, bro. Cash. Yeah. But um Jeff, like I remember Jeff killed him, but he they beat us. That sucker got loose and hit a, a big three, but yeah. um, but I hate those are those are probably the three places I hated to play in, bro. Hate it. So nah, I hate yeah, it. I mean y'all y'all had different y'all had a team though, bro. I used to love watching y'all play, uh, yeah. and I, I vividly remember y'all winning at Louisville because that's a game you had five threes in. Yeah, right? yeah. Our junior, our junior year we we won at Louisville, but I think it was our freshman year when we played them. It was like it was college game day and everything. They right. Yeah. Kind of got Listen. at us that uh, that day. Right. Yeah. It was right. on like a streak too. I think we went like eight in a row or something like that, and they went ahead and got us out of there. Man. Yeah. The team had the white suit on and everything. Chris, what's your uh, what's your career high and uh, and best game you think you played? Uh, my career high is like thirty four against Harvard, but I think my probably one of the, I don't know, one of the, the best games that I played, I would say in the Big East, was either uh, one game was was against uh, Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh. We broke we broke their 31 game winning streak. I had, a, I had like 27, 28 points at Pittsburgh. And then um, the Big East tournament, man. Uh, playing in the Big East tournament was, a, I had a crazy game against Syracuse. Crazy game against West Virginia. Unfortunately, we lost that I game. That. Just say the whole, that whole Big East tournament, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that Big East tournament. So just to give you some, like, background, I was talking about – it's funny. I was talking this story a couple of days ago. Somebody was asking me about – I don't know how I got to talking about this. But I was pissed, dog. Like, you know, so you leave to go to the Big East tournament a uh, couple of days before the tournament starts and all that stuff. And by that right. time, the Big East conference – First, second, third team and all that, play of the year, all that comes out. I think I was like third team or some shit. You know what I'm saying? This is my junior year. And I was I averaged like yeah. 15 and like five and a half assists. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, right. what? 
Why am I? Where were y'all in the regular season? Uh, Where were y'all in the regular season? Like third, second or third? Nah, nah. We were like seven. Yeah, like seven, eight at that time. We were like seven to eight. Yeah, Yeah, we, but we had, we we got the, we got a buy. Okay, okay. We got one buy. We got one buy. AC, yeah. We got one one by. We didn't play the first night, and then we played South Florida the the next night, and we played South. We smoked South Florida, and so I was so I was so hot because I wanted to be on second team or first team. I ain't talked to nobody. I ain't talked to JT three. I ain't talked to my teammates. I ain't talked to my parents. Nobody. I was in full blackout mode like I wasn't talking I literally did not say one word on the court off the court nothing right I was pissed smoke South Florida right they had Dominic Jones who was probably one of the toughest players I ever had to guard in the Big East by the way um and then we played after that was that West Virginia no that was Syracuse Syracuse Uh, was that with Flynn of Syracuse and them Nah, that was that was a year they were better the next that year without Flynn that I, that's one of the teams I think that I was like, man, we might not have no shot. Yeah. Like, who was the guards on that Syracuse team? Scoop, Robbins, Jardine. and Trish, and Scoop Jardine, and all them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Wesley yeah. Johnson was Biggie's Player of the Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Rick Jackson, Renze, Chris Joseph. Yeah, all them. And they had a squad. They were the number one team in the Big East. You know, they were right. the right. Biggie. It was the number one team in the country too. Yeah, number right. one. Team in the yeah, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. you know, you play Syracuse. If you play Syracuse in the in the Big East tournament, the whole Madison Square Garden is all orange men. Like that ain't nothing, that ain't nothing but orange men in that joint. So <laughs> we played them, and I had a great game that game, man. I, I, I we I don't know how we won. Andy Routens was on that team, who was another. Yeah. He, he he he'll make he he'll give you a run for your money in the shooting. I ain't gonna lie. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Shorty can flat out shoot that thing. <laughs> and he so y'all, y'all got to the semis or the finals? We lost the finals. in the finals. To who? West Virginia. Deshaun Butler threw the shit oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Damn. Damn, I forget. Y'all did get to the finals. Yeah. We got to the y'all, Wait, East y'all won it. We got the two Big East finals. Yeah, y'all won it. If y'all won it, y'all, y'all freshman year. No, y'all. Oh, we lost it. We won it. No, that was before y'all got there. Yeah, before y'all got there. And then the next year we lost to Pitt in the in the in the in the championship. And then our sophomore year, what happened our sophomore year, Free? We lost in the first round of St. John's. Yeah, we lost to that year. Yeah, that was just a terrible. We lost to St. John's. And then junior year, we had a hell of a run. Free got sick that year, though. That's the year Free got sick, and he was kind of battling through that. And we lost. Bullshit! I missed a layup at the buzzer to to win the game and all that in the in the title, and then senior year, right. senior year, that's when I broke my hand. That's when I broke my right, hand. Right, right, right. I missed like the last. And we ran into Connecticut. Yeah, and we ran. That was the Kimball Walker show. That's what that was. Yeah, ran into Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. we we had yeah, yeah we had so my my senior year, we smashed Syracuse at home. And then we up by 16 at the half in the Big East tournament. And that's when Jerry went crazy that second half. Remember that? Ooh, yeah. Jerry McNamara had like the best, besides Ben Gordon, I think he had like the best Big East tournament ever. Right. They they needed all four games to get into the tournament. And he had he averaged like 25 to get them into the tournament. Yeah, he went off. So they they beat us. 
they beat us at the end with like a Ashanti had a turnover and they went down, scored a layup, and then we lost literally like five seconds to go. But now we had one of them. Well, you you Syracuse caught us in the Big East tournament after we just had whopped them the week before at home for senior night. So right. right. So yeah. so I mean, I mean, we've all we we I think we both, me and Free and you, we cherished our time at Georgetown. That's I think that's safe to say that that was a, a time that you just never gonna forget. Good wins. Bad losses, shit, even good losses that you just, you remember some of those losses. Like, if there is some type of stuff that you can remember from these losses. After Georgetown right. is over, and it goes by so fast, man. It goes by so fast. I remember people telling me, like, yo, these going to be the fastest. You Enjoy it while you're here, because it's going to go by real fast. I'm like, yeah, all right, I hear you, I hear you, whatever. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. But it really did go by super fast, you know? So, yeah. Once you and finish, I had an extra year and it went by fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> once, once you finish and now you, what's the next step for you? You trying to go pro or how you, how, what's your next So move? i never forget Big John, right after we lost to Florida, Big John came up to the office and he was like, you can be a pro the way you shoot the ball, right? So this is, this is before the Steph Curry craze three-point shootings. So he was like, you're a pro shooting the ball. It was like, I don't know if you'll be a pro, but you you you, you shoot well enough to be an NBA player. But he, he sat me down, he looked me in my eyes, I'll never forget it. He said, but I know for sure you'll be successful if you don't make it to the NBA. So I asked him, I was like, coach, I said, well, what do you think I should do? He was like, he, I remember he, t- he, he was like, you could be a commentator at the time. And you know, as a, as a, as a player and as a, you know, you want to be, you, I want to hear how can I play? Right. I don't want to hear about no fucking jobs and no right. fucking opportunities and shit like that. But honestly, as the weeks went on and uh, we, I got, I felt like, like we got snubbed. Me and Ashanti got snubbed in Portsmouth. Like we had a great senior year. Um, we was looking at some of the names that got invited and we didn't get invited. Brandon got invited. We didn't. And I just got salty, like you did after you didn't see your Big E shit, right? I was like, how the fuck we can't get invited to goddamn Portsmouth? Like, right. I, I lived, I was top five in the country and shooting the whole season. You know, like at some point that year, I was shooting 58% from three. I'm like, I can't get an invite to Portsmouth. So season kind of, the school year goes on, graduation. And um, I told Big John, I was like, well, I, I'm thinking about what you told me. Like, uh, and he was like, him and big, him and JT3 was like, well, why don't you think about sales? And I was like, man, I'm gonna go to nobody door and knocking on doors, selling shit. It was like, nah, it's, you know, JT3 had one of his friends who uh, who he went to high school with. That was like a, a big wig at uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. So I started thinking about that. And, and to make a long story short, that was my first career. Like I got, it, I, I got, I developed a relationship with his name it was uh, Lavelle Fontroy, JT3's childhood friend. And um, he helped me and kind of, you know, was like a little mentor to me about getting in. And man, I got in and it was almost like it was the best thing for me because I didn't have to go to an office. I worked from home. I had, you know, my computer, my company car, my company credit card. So I, it was like <clears throat> once I figured out I didn't want to hoop anymore. And I, and I take that back. I actually went overseas and had deals on the table, but they were all for like under 60, you know, 50 some thousand. And I got a job that offered me 80 some thousand. I was like, why the fuck I'm gonna go overseas? I'm making more right. money at home. 
Right. So that helped me make my decision. I'm like, I can I can make bread if I if, you know use my degree, use my relationships, and um and then my wife, my girl, my my girlfriend at the time, my wife now was in that same mindset. So we were like, look, I'm gonna get this shit up, and if it don't work out, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. But man, the shit been so gravy since I ain't even think about basketball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like basketball, motherfucker, like. Man, you could have went to the NBA. I said, I am in the fucking NBA. I can buy whatever I want. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. uh, I, I always had like a kind of an entrepreneurial mindset. Like, how do I maximize my earning power? I do have, you will never get rich working for somebody else, but I can get rich working for somebody else, reaping the benefits and have another business on the side. Right. So we all, I always had that, that way of thinking. <clears throat> so I never regretted my decision to not go and take one of those contracts overseas. And could I have played my way back as a shooter and stuff, you know, as a, a you know, three and D guy maybe, but honestly, bro, I just was like, if I'm gonna give it up, I'm gonna give it my all and just try to do what I can to be successful. And shit, I'm, we living good, man. We living good. No, no that's what's up, man. I, I mean, that's playing the long game and understanding that, it's, it's, it's more than just this hooping thing, man. And I think a lot right. of times when we go to these big schools and we go to these major programs, it's already, it's already kind of preordained that you got to take a shot. You got to do Well, especially y'all. I mean, especially because y'all were the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was like top 150 in high school. I wasn't a McDonald's All-American. I was good enough to get recruited by a lot of good schools, but y'all were the top 20 kids coming out. So yeah. I, I know how it felt for y'all. Like, of course I'm going to the NBA. Uh, you know who I am? You know what I'm saying? So. No, I, no, I mean, I, I think one one thing for us was you put in the work, man. Not not just off the simple fact that, you, you know, you feel that you deserve it. But, I mean, you put in the work. And then when you lined up against all these other guys, you see where you lined up. And, and that that gives you kind of validation as why you should be there. But I think a lot of guys, even in that situation, don't understand the value of how far this ball has taken you. And that just because you, you know, everybody ain't going to the league, man. And you got to understand, the thing. you know, you got to understand that. And the quicker you can handle that and move on, whether you can get on with your life and create something for it. So for me, I, I think, you know, and we and used to have these conversations with, with me. I remember you telling me, you was like, yo, Chris, you know what I'm saying? You got to, you know diversify yourself, <laughs> get into right. the state, get into something else, something else. And I would call you on the phone like, oh, what you mean? What you think I should be doing? He was like, well, what you went to? You right. know? And, and we've had those conversations several times. Right. Because the thing about it is, Chris and, and Free, the hardest thing for all of us to do is to say, and y'all, you still doing it. Free, I think you're not playing no more, right? Free, you just coaching. The hardest thing to do is to put, a, put the ball down because you've been doing it your whole life. Yeah. So the reason why a lot of guys go through depression and, and, and you know, we talk about it, they go through this phase of not not knowing what they're going to do or the next step is, is because if you've been doing something your whole life and then it comes to an abrupt end when you don't want it to, that's hard to fathom. It's hard to kind of process. So that's why when I talk to cats, man, like, you know, even DSR, I talk to a lot of guys, you got to figure out what your passion is. Because if you just think about, all right, I want to go make money. You're never going to make money like that. Figure out what you like to do and then the money will follow. You just got to figure out how to get it to, how, how to how to maximize, like I said, your earning power at what you like to do. Um, and that's what I've done. 
you know, for example, I know you guys follow me on social media, like my daughter, right? So I invested a lot of money in my child and my daughter. There's not another venture I could have put money in $100,000 in that could have got a return, that I could have got a return on like my kid. She came to us with an idea. I said, I'm gonna put money behind her. I knew with my business acumen and relationships, I was gonna blow the shit up. But I wanted her to understand the, the, the hard work that she needed to put in to, to, to make it successful. Um, once she got to a certain point, then I obviously I started talking to more investors, talking, talking to venture capitalists, people in that space on a bigger scale. And now, I mean, my daughter will be worth more money than I ever could have been, and she's 11. So speak on that. Speak on 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 what what you and your, what your daughter came to you about, and so, what you guys created. It'll be two years in April. Um, I I never forget. I was sitting in the living room. My wife and my daughter was like, um, Kennedy was coming of age playing sports, and she was starting to smell like a a dirty kid, right? Right. You know, at some point when you go hoop or go to volleyball practice, you come back, you're gonna start to smell. Sure. So she, my wife was like, okay, okay, we need to go figure out this deodorant thing. Well, it took on a spree or whatever, shopping spree, and she didn't like anything that she saw. So she has always been into Play-Doh and slime, making shit like that. So she YouTubed how to make deodorant. And that's how the idea was born. So she made it, loved it, worked, uh, loved the way it smelled, loved the way it felt. And she just started making it, giving it out to friends. And, and, and then my wife was like, I think we got a business here. I was like, what do you mean? So once we got to the point where we could figure out how to make it, then it was like, okay, well, now we need to sell it. Um, and here we are two years later, she just signed a manufacturing and distribution deal to have her products all over the country and international. So Dang. she just partnered with, uh, she just partnered with a major uh, skin uh, hair care company and Kennedy will be the skincare side of it. Like she just got a deal, but it's like I said, she'll be worth more money than I'll ever be worth. Uh, which is, it makes me, cause that's my kid. I put my money up to help my kid. And, but that's how you got to think bro. Like, right. because at the end of the day, even if we would have went to the NBA, that doesn't mean we would have been happy. And it doesn't mean we would have had money forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because most of my, I got my best friend was an NFL player and some of his, the hardest lessons he's ever had is how to deal with people after he got money. Now he's smart, he put his money up, but I, I know some cats, they don't have a dime now that made and have pro contracts. So it's just about us having to figure out that next step. And that's why I said, when y'all like Chris, play as long as you can. But when you're done, you're a smart cat. You can make more money than you ever made playing basketball in business. Especially you're a likable dude, you're relatable. Um, that, bro, there's so many opportunities out here. You know what I'm saying? And you wanna you wanna figure that out earlier rather than later. So and yeah. like free, like there, there's no reason why you shouldn't be, you know, maximizing your coaching ability, your coaching power. Like we all say it, you know, we all say you should be, even you, Chris, whenever you're done, you should be on the on, you should have a spot waiting for you at Georgetown or whatever other school, you know what I'm saying? Because you have credentials. Right. Um, you're a good cat, never got in trouble. You just gotta figure out how to make it work for you. Right. And that's what we have in these Zoom calls and shit. That's what I'm about. Like all of the fluff and all of the bullshit. I ain't really with. I'm just like, how do we help this cat get to the next level? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that that's that's what we all about. And I think we are part of the solution <clears throat> and we have to build. You know what I'm saying? One thing about Georgetown is 
and, and our fraternity, we've been very private. We've been very private and we've been very secluded. And it's time to open the doors, man, because everyone, we have a lot to offer, you know, and I think it's important. And that doesn't mean that somebody got to be handing us something, you know, oh, here, we can give this to you. And so you can do this or whatever it may be. Nah, we got We can formulate something ourselves to create something for ourselves and the next generation and the generation after that and so forth and so forth and so on. So, no, I, I, I commend you on, on, like I said, from the beginning, what you've been doing with your children. I, I think that's like, that's, right. that's bigger than anything, man. That's bigger than any money we can make. That's bigger than any coaching gig. That's bigger than anything because being a father is more important. It's, you know, you had your parents in your life. Free had his parents in life. I had right. my parents in life. There's nothing more. When you have that foundation, you feel like goddamn Superman. You feel me? Like right. that, that, right. that, that is, uh, is, that is a valuable, you know, something that you can never leave. So, Seeing what you're doing with your daughter, man, I commend you and I and I I, I thank you because this is the type of examples that we need as black right, right. black men. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, you know, it's like I said, it's so many opportunities. And even my son, he came to me and was like, "Well, Kennedy got something." I was like, "Okay." Well, one of my one of my really good friends had a clothing line, so I said, "Well, look, my son is really in the fashion. Let's do a, a joint venture and what he does the kids line." So now he's doing that, but right. it, it's like. You gotta you, like you have to maximize and, and diversify your portfolio because yeah. if one fails, I still got four or five, six different streams of income coming in over here, and that's pretty much the most important thing that I learned is never, never just because. And I'm gonna tell you the, a hard lesson I learned. My first job, I actually got laid off. Pharmaceutical industry, um, I was balling like bonuses, everything, doing well. Like I was number one in the company and then I got a phone call on a Friday morning that I had got laid off. And it was like, I was like laid off. I was like, yeah, we gotta let like, you know, 2000 reps across the country go. And here I am, brand new baby, brand new wife and I don't have a job. So I said, fuck that, I ain't going through that no more. So I was always like, all right, we need to max, we need to figure out how we can get four or five different streams of income coming in. That way, if somebody fall off, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? And for lack of a better word, you know, like it's okay. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and that's what I do now. Like people call me for advice. What I what I tell them is uh, first thing I ask them is, well, what do you like to do? Right. And then we'll formulate a plan around that. You know right. what I'm saying? Where did the um, where did where did the entrepreneur mindset come for you? Was that something that was engraved in you or ingrained in you early from your folks, or you just kind of you know what I mean? I mean, my my dad always had a, you know, he was a welder, and then my stepdad had a business. He's he's a contractor, but they never really preached that entrepreneurial bug, like entrepreneurial spirit. Like it was almost like just go to school and get a good job. I just from being, I, bro, I'm like a sponge. Even in college, like I just observed, and I was always one of those cats that, you know, we as a basketball basketball unit at Georgetown, we we were around each other all the time. Right. But I, I felt like one of the things that helped me was I had friends outside of basketball. Um, you know, when I wasn't with Shay and Brandon and them, I'd be with some of the other cats that went to school there. And that helped me see a lot too. And then like just asking questions. I used to price it. People don't understand. Like I used to ask Big John stuff all the time. Um, Coach Thompson, uh, even the other coaches, are uh, whether it was whoever, bro, that I thought could help give me some advice that could benefit me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't just want to graduate and come back home or graduate and leave. 
I always wanted to just figure out stuff, you know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things when, I, when I'm watching these kids now, I hope when they're there, they just, they networking. It's all about networking. You know, my networking allowed us to find the right deal for my daughter because of the relationships that I had in college. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, like things like that, man, it all matters, bro. And when you think, that's why I tell you this, Chris, when you think people ain't watching, they watching. That's why I say, man, always, and you know, y'all never got in trouble or anything like that, but always think about it. You know what I'm saying? Am I a good person? Am I, am I saying the right things? Because you never know who's gonna give you opportunity or you never know who's gonna call you for something. Um, and that that's pretty much what, what, what it's about, honestly. You know? So yeah, no, I agree, man. I, I think it's you know as you get as you start to gain some wisdom, <laughs> and start to get some years behind you, start to see things from a different light. And you start to say, Absolutely. okay, that that what he was saying was not just a cliche thing to be saying, you know, like some some camp talk. No, that shit really got some value behind it, and it really right. means something. And I think for a lot of athletes, it takes a lot of trial and errors first. You know, I think that's the thing because. We are so catered to. We are so, you know, used to being able to do what we want to do, how we want to do it. We, if we can't, if this class ain't working out, they gonna get us out of this class, put us in something else. You know, if this, Absolutely. you know, so I think for us, it's always like we gonna be all right. You know, so I, ain't, I really don't gotta follow that. Right. Rule. You know, I really don't gotta follow that rule. So <clears throat> that's true. I mean, that's reality. That's true, man. And that's that's kind of the 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 good and evil of being a college athlete because, you know, you are, I mean, because you are at this university, mainly because you're an athlete, the student side of it and, and being a networking side of it kind of gets pushed to the side and you don't think that it's important. You know, I mean, it's been, right. you know, like you go to school with people, like one of our friends that we grew up with, that we was in school with, that was kicking it with us all the time. Her name is Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams, I've seen her on TV in the last shit, eight, 12 years now. Um, and every camp with Barack Obama campaign, now I see her on Biden's campaign, and she in every picture. I'm like, damn, Ash, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just you don't understand like these yeah. are the type of people that you are around just naturally that that hang out with right, you. Right. you. Never really took advantage and, of And you know what? You know what though, like. And this is one, if I had to say anything negative about the program and the, and the, the players, we got some successful motherfuckers that played, yeah. some successful motherfuckers that managed. And like, sometimes like, and I had to learn this the hard way, like you think people gonna always be there to help because they got the Georgetown name behind them. They got some selfish motherfuckers, bro. And they got some motherfuckers that think they more important than they really are. And I had this, I had a, I was talking to, to one of my boys the other day, I was talking to Markham about this, like, if somebody call me, Brian, I can help them. I'm going to help them. They got some cats that the brother that's a part of the brotherhood that ever wouldn't return your phone call. And it's fucked up. But I had to, I was like, you know what? After after trying so many times, I'm like, fuck them. I'll just do it myself. But that's what kills me, man. Like, we all have access to, bro, whatever you want to do free or whatever you want to do, Chris, y'all do realize there's only one phone call away in the program that can help you get that done, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's literally, literally that easy. Motherfuckers got connections. If Chris say, nigga, if you say I want to work on Wall Street, you know somebody could just make a phone call, right? Yeah, like free. If you really wanted to coach, you know motherfuckers that could just 
get you a job in coaching like that, right? right. You know, um, so what's Paul? What's the what's the I don't understand why we don't want to branch out, why we don't want to extend our trees. What's the what's the what's the what what do you think? I think the motherfuckers at the top feel like they 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 too good to do it, honestly. I think is I think there's more good than evil, but I think the motherfuckers that are really in a position in a position to make decisions and really help, they just don't care enough to. And I don't think they haven't been told it's fucked up what you're doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like everybody's so guarded and scared to say what they really want to say. I I mean I don't give a fuck because I don't need nobody, but you know, I, I I don't I like I I I I really value um our brotherhood and our friends, but uh it's just been a it's been a lot of cats that needed help that really hadn't gotten that help. And the people that could help them need to be fucking called out for that shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I agree. I think it's yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I don't know why it's like that. I mean, I think that's life. <laughs> in some in some degree yeah. I, it ain't fair so I don't want to put the blame but also I think it's also okay so I'm gonna play devil's advocate to that you know what I'm saying so I look at it this way you gotta show your value other than the court to these people whoever these people may be I think that's something that if they can see how they can benefit from it whoever they is then there's a way for us to do business. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in a, would you say free? But is that the way you should go about it, though? No, I, I like Chris is saying they only gonna do it if they can benefit from it. So we got to show our value. Oh. My thing is, like, if 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 you if you came to me and say, Chris, I want to fucking start a consulting company, whatever. I have a consulting company. I should show you how to do that. I don't need to have any value in that because it's not benefiting me at all. But since I have one, I should feel obligated to help my brother out. But why should you take the time out to help me if you got a whole bunch of other shit going on? Because that's my, as a, as a decent human being and as a fucking (laughs) brotherhood, I should do that. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody helped me. Right. Right. At some point we all was walking on that campus, bored as fuck, going from Copley to Healy to right. the fucking calf. We all got the same experiences. Everything, right. We all was, we all was damn near fucking broke in broke. college. Broke. You know, um, we all went to practice the same. So just because a motherfucker got a little money now, a little clout, that, what the, that, like, that shit means nothing. You're still the fucking same dude that we all was in practice with or that we all saw on TV growing up. It's like, we're all the same, no matter how you look at it. We got the same experiences. You know what I'm saying? We got cussed out by Big John, cussed out in practice, didn't didn't like 850 classes, hated the calf. Bro, uh, we all have the same experiences. So now that we've gotten a position to help, we should reach back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's how it should be. So what do you think the job is of us? Is the, is the job now to just voice our opinions? and, and It's coming. It's, it's, coming. It's, it's a thin line between that. It's a thin line. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what you gonna get shunned away from the program? I mean, who really needs possibly, money? possibly. I mean, or would you die? They say, okay, you can't come back to Georgetown ever again. Nah, I mean, you can't say that to me because I'm gonna come up there if I feel like it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I, it ain't like your livelihood depending on Georgetown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
my, my thing is we love Georgetown because we went to school there. But I mean, I honestly, like I support Pat. Like I call Pat, we talk a lot. Like I support him and I and I will continue to support him. Like I just feel like we need we we need and I think it's happening. It's happening behind the scenes. I think we need a stronger um and I think we're doing this with the alumni group, a stronger support system to be able to put the infrastructure in place to go about doing the things that we need to do. Um, will we ever, and it's not, like you said, this isn't about anybody getting anything. Right. It's just about having resources in place that if anybody needs them, they know where to go. Because right. right now, if you graduate from Georgetown as a player, I feel like they don't know how to navigate this corporate world without any assistance. They just go off and they get lost. We need to have a bridge from the older cats into the, the cats that are graduating to be able to say, okay, this is what I want to do. Who do I call to get it done? Even And, and cats like y'all. All right, Chris, all right, I'm, I'm done putting, I want to put the basketball down, but this is what I want to do next in my life. You know what I'm saying? Or free. Um, I want to pursue uh, a coaching career on the next level. Uh there's no way Pat can't make a phone call to help you get a fucking internship or something. Right. Or, you know, I'm just using it as an example. Right. Or right. Dikembe or, you know, somebody. Right. But we have to have that dialogue to be able to help each other because we, like I said, if you have that kind of, um, if you have that kind of brotherhood and those kind of connections, what's the point of, of having them if you're not, using them if you're not helping each other out you know what i'm saying i I, so, I agree man i agree i think it's something that that will eventually trickle down into recruiting as well because if you see that you know if you see that type of mentality you see that brotherhood that they preach over at duke that's why they keep getting these type of kids you see that brotherhood at villanova you see that brotherhood at these schools syracuse so they keep getting these same type of guys you know and then it's it's easy for them to the guys that are there and the guys of the past for them to relate because it's no, I mean, it's, it's harmony in that sense, you know? So, I mean, I think we, I think I, in the last, over this right. quarantine, over this quarantine and everything and, and kind of how things have been prevailing with Gene doing the Hoy locker room, us doing this dog talk, us having these Zoom calls, these alumni Zoom calls and stuff. I think things are progressing. I mean, I think things are progressing. They are, it's, it got some stuff working, bro. We yeah. got some stuff working where that's going to be really good for everybody. Um, a lot of former players are getting together more, talking and um, trying to, you know, trying to form a system where we all could feel comfortable and going to if we need help. You know what I'm saying? But we also need the university and, and, and people to be able to help, you know, and it's like if we're, we're stronger together. Like you said, the, the most important thing is for Georgetown University is recruiting. Yeah. Um, we have to continue to keep getting players to be able to be successful. And I think all of us can do that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, cause I think we all, especially the ones that actually uh, took the time out and stayed and played and, and graduated, like we all want to see the university do well. And we know how big basketball is there. So. I mean, anything that you are part of that you graduated from, you don't want that to be dirty. You know what I'm saying? Anything right. that you right. got you know, you're a part of and all that, you know, I, I contact Pat all the time, say something to him all the time, just words of encouragement, just trying to, you know, just trying to stay in the, in the, in the sense that, look, man, we supporting you, you know, right, <laughs> right, right. right indifference, you are great as Sawyer, and we don't want to see you stumbling at any fault, you know what I'm saying? No, it's, no. 
So, so it's important that we keep that rhetoric going, you know. So, nah, right. but I appreciate you, DJ. You, 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 you've been always nothing but a light for me, and, and giving it a lot of, you know, gems and a lot of vitamins on ways that we can, uh, you know, succeed and, and keep this thing going in a much positive way. So, I mean, right. anyway, no, I anytime y'all need me, man, give me a call, holler at me. You know, Chris, how long you think you got left, man? <laughs> Hey, look, man, I got, I didn't have seven straight double doubles. I had 16 assists the other day. So, yeah. Free. Free. Them, <laughs> them knees, I know them knees cracking. Free. How long you got left, Free? I tell you, you probably got another four or five years, man. How old are you, Chris? I'm 31. I ain't even there yet. You yeah, feel you me? Young. I'm young. Yeah, I still got some time. I don't know. But either way, regardless of how long I got, I still got to be. Mix it, you know. I gotta be touching other stuff. You feel me? That's what right. I'm trying to set up. You know, so right, right, right. right. I don't know. I want to play yeah. as long as possible, but at the same time, I want to be realistic about it and make the right decisions. You know, especially right. for my I got three kids. You know, so I gotta, I gotta do what's best for them at the end of the day. You know, right, so, right. They with you? Yeah, yeah. My family comes with me every year. Gotcha. And for you, I have no kids. I'm free. Well, I just had my first one December 29th. Yeah. And you put it on social media? I missed that. Yeah, I put it on social media. You know, Free be sneaking in there. You know, he throws <laughs> something in there and blue moon and shit. Hey, you had a little boy or a little girl? I had a boy. I had a boy. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. When the wedding? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. What, what, what's his name? Ace. Ace Maurice Freeman, man. That's what's up, bro. Congratulations, man. Yeah. You got hey Chris, you done? I'm done. Don't even talk to me about it. <laughs> I'm done. I got my Chris Jr. and I got my two little ladies, and I'm good, man. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So nah, we um now nah, man, I'm I'm happy for y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Chris still playing, free coaching. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna work out for y'all, man. Like I said, y'all know where to find me, man. Y'all know where to find me. Definitely. So you know, hopefully, uh, with my daughter doing her thing, um, and we uh, blowing that up, man, it's it'll kind of free up some space to do some stuff around here where I can kind of focus. Because like I said, my little one, he he gonna, he look like he gonna be a problem, so I can focus on him full time and um, try to get up there to DC more often. You know what I'm saying? Especially because I'm gonna have to at some point this year. I'm probably gonna. Uh, go help my daughter full time because that that's just a, such a huge opportunity. Um, be with her and, and her business because I can't keep. I mean, my the hours just not gonna work out. Me having a, a full time job and plus, you know, we've gotten to the point where that that could really be something special, really be something huge. So, well, any way we can help, that. man. Any way we can help and support or whatever you need from us, just. You know, you got my number, you know, anything. It is, it is what it is. It goes both ways. So I hope you blow this shit up. I hope y'all blow yeah, it up. You feel me? It's going to be crazy, bro. It's going to be all over, man. And um, she's, we actually, we ain't talked to a celebrity to be able to uh, to help her launch the new company in March. So it's, it's a surprise right now. It's going to be pretty big. Oh, we can't get the special on the dog nah, talk. We can't bro, get nah. oh. I'm in a, look, I'm in a, I'm in an NDA, man. I can't even talk about it, okay, man. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> was, I can tell you, it, it will be a celebrity, but she she's pretty. She's a big deal. That's going. She wants to be a part of the launch, so uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool, man. Well, much success, much success on everything, yep. and uh, 
Yep. Let's stay in touch, man. We got to keep building. We got to keep building. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, man. I, obviously, I watch y'all and uh, let me know if y'all need something, bro. I appreciate y'all having me, man. I was waiting for the call, man. I'm happy I got it. You know, you was you know it's coming your way. You already <laughs> knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. I, and one last thing. Yeah. I gotta have. I, I'm gonna call out both of y'all. I will call out free, but Chris can he can shoot too. We gotta have a shooting contest when I get to DC, bro. We gotta put the money on the floor. That's How much? Money on the Tell me, shit. Whatever's in your pocket at that time, I need it. I'm, I'm gonna give you one opportunity, best out of 20. That's all I'm gonna do. All right, all right. I shoot every day. Free. Don't worry. Right now, I'm, I'm getting, I ain't shot in three, four days. I'm, I'm doing 18 out of 20 every time. I shoot every day. That's <laughs> shoot every day. And yeah. then we stand it, we stand it still. I ain't gotta run up and down. Oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey man, the money is on right. the pavement, man. We're gonna make it happen. All right, bro. Man, y'all right, be y'all. good, man. Be smooth, man. Me Bless too. the state. Tell your family right. what's up. Bet. Love y'all boys, man. All right, love you, man. Peace.